Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, guys. Matt here with a super short disclaimer for you. Uh, funny story. Just as we were wrapping up this life-changing, filthy, tea-spilling episode, my garage band crashed hard and lost all of my audio. Yes, garage band, because I'm fancy. Fear not, though, because we still had John's audio, and I am a technology genius who was able to manipulate it over the course of many strenuous hours to make my voice just as loud, proud, and gay as John's. Well, most of it anyway. Uh, for those odd patches where I couldn't, I had to re-record some of my audio. Hashtag voiceover challenge. Honestly, we're talking like 70% old audio, 30% new. Uh, so I ask three things. One, go ahead. Still listen to the podcast. Maybe you can hear the differences. Two, don't judge me for them because I'm learning. And three, don't teach either of my grandmothers how they can find this podcast. They don't need to hear me talk this way. Hi, everybody. Welcome to your 2019 episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am the one, possibly the only, Matt Koplik. I thought you were going to say you were the one, possibly only host, and I was going to say, I agree. (laughs) Fair! Fair! You more or less host this podcast every week, and I'm just the guest, because I have no clue what's going on. You're the one that's quotable, and I'm the one that just makes you show up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's about... Well, with that uh, intro, I am here, John Wiscavit. (laughs) Um, we're recording from a new location this week. Uh, we are a sound studio on the Fox lot. We are here uh, right next to the Good Doctor. Is that even on Fox? I don't know. I don't know. I was going to make a Smash reference and say we were doing the 20th Century Fox Mumbo. Oh my god! 20th Century Fox Mumbo Papada with West End star Catherine McPhee. I know. Bitch is going to be a London er. <laughs> feel like she'll do well there because it's a cold country. Um, yeah, and, how, and they're used to thin singers, so it's fine. They're used to what? Thin singers. So were we over... No, not like skinny. I mean like voices being thin. Oh. Uh... Sorry, I should have said voices. 
that was that was that was uh, that was that was my faux pas everyone sorry sorry everybody I was about to go on a whole diatribe about how, Matt, I don't know what kind of body shaming 2019 you're trying to begin, but I am not here for it, and I just don't even want to be an audience member. Um, John, that soapbox is two (laughs) inches tall. But we are here in Sunnyside, Queens, to bring it back to what I was trying to say. No, you were trying to say it. (laughs) Wait. 2019 is starting off super great, you guys. We're uh, 15 days in, recording this on January 15th, and uh, it's it's going well. I'm seeing where John lives for the first time, and I gotta say, it all makes sense now. Yeah, there's. I'm just. <laughs> I'm used to recording from, uh, you know, the safety of the Upper East Side, where you can grab a taxi cab at any given moment, and I'm feeling a little more spontaneous right now. Yeah, like. Living on the wild side and sunny side. Yeah, dragged dragged him out to sunny side. He went on the seven train for the f- first time. No, you had to have been on the seven train. Before. I don't remember if I ever did. It oh was my clearly God, that a fucking up, Upper East Side privilege showing <laughs> AF right now. I don't know if I've ever been on the seven train actually. No. Um, I think I have. The only train that I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I just the only. I also really enjoyed your full scale warm up of the the only train I know. <laughs> The only train I know mm-hmm. The train She has a BFA, hunty Billy, I beg to differ with you How do you mean? You're the top Yeah You're an arrow collar You're the top Anywho, enough of this bullshit, John Let's do a quick check-in on our 2019s How have you been? I've been just so stressed and so busy and so tired and so unemployed. How have you been? But what what's making you so stressed and busy with no Well, like- I'm unemployed I'm unemployed as an actor currently, but one of the things that I wanted to do when I got back from that contract um from Forum was to not go on unemployment, which I normally do as an actor. I normally when I'm finished with a contract, I go on unemployment. Um uh, that's something not a lot of actors talk about as an option for doing, but it's actually really wonderful. A lot of people do it. We pay for it while we're working. You know, we, we pay for our unemployment insurance. So, um, but this time I kind of wanted to sh- shake it up, TBH. I wanted to not do what I normally do. And I had this thought that... <laughs> I had this thought that maybe if I remain incredibly busy... <laughs> Kind of the antithesis of what I've been working on in therapy for the last two years of not making my life crazier, but just making my life absolutely cuckoo bananas insane that um, I could just cut my seasonal affective disorder off at the pass and um, not have to deal with sadness. (laughs) Don just said that last sentence while doing the robot. And I it, did. It was quite gorgeous. Um, I love that for you. I love that journey to the past. Yeah. Journey to the future. It's oddly kind of working. Like, I'm not sad. I'm tired and drained and my body hurts. But, um... You just described pride, but otherwise... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm back. I'm auditioning. Um, it's so hard not to immediately go into that place of day one unemployment... I am never going to work again, and I spent all the weeks leading up to my first day off of, like, actor unemployment being, you know, being very confident in the fact that I would not let that um, that wonderful little bit of insecurity take over my life. And let me tell you, as soon as that contract ends, bitch, 
my brain is just just immediately turns into um that uh, nightmare sequence in the princess bride where that beggar woman is yelling at the princess and goes boo the queen of garbage the queen of filth like immediately that is what my brain turns into um and so yeah i i've, I've been trying to not feel that way um and what i've realized is that i cannot stop how i'm gonna feel or all those things but i can choose to not let them inform my choices slash not let it cause anxiety to take over my whole goddamn life um so yeah that that's been a big part of my journey in 2019 in these 15 days i also had a really great moment where um I was traveling back from this contract, and while in the world's worst layover on New Year's Eve, I chipped a tooth on a uh, Dunkin' Donuts croissant bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich How? at a at an airport in Houston. Was it still frozen or something? No, I'm just I'm just a really dumb bitch. <laughs> it but I, it was my fault. Wait, but croissants are are, are soft. And... I see you trying to make sense of me, baby. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what I've told every person I've ever met. Let's not go down that road. Ah! Um, Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So I was about to get on a plane, my connecting flight. I had a two and a half hour flight from Florida. I was up from 4 a.m., hopped on a plane, had a two and a half hour, hour layover for no reason, and then had, like... And then got on a plane to New York. And right before I got on the plane to New York, I chipped a tooth. And so... God bless that. It was just... It was an amazing way to start the new year. Because I could go into the whole story about how as soon as I landed, I got in an Uber, went to the New York School of Dentistry, tried to get seen so that I didn't have to spend the new year getting into having a chipped tooth. And I literally walked in and the security guard shook his head and said, no one's here, man. And I didn't cry. I can say that with a straight face. But um, yeah, the kind of the fates took hold of my body as soon as this contract ended and said, hey, life's hard, bitch, but you're going to get through it like you always do. Yeah. And so I'm here and I maybe only have a week left in me until I have to check myself into a mental home. But that's a week I'm going to fight for. How are you? <laughs> well, now I'm doing a mental checklist of all the potential co-host for this yeah podcast start looking yeah I, I gotta start looking no you gotta you gotta stay sane for a little bit long while longer well, because we have a uh, probably producer lucas mcmahon joining us at some point on this podcast not today uh, but uh you know something like and he's right here he's right here hey lucas oh my uh, God. yeah if you lucas uh, if you if if you want to avoid uh seasonal affective disorder is that what it's called yeah sad sad yeah um if you want to avoid that um Avoid the Broadway credits Lucas has as a producer while also remembering that he's 28. He's produced Something Rotten, Hand to God. Uh, I think he's producing the new one by Mike Rabiglia. And he's only 28 years old, so... Uh, good. Good yeah. good, good for him. Yeah, we're so happy for him. What a, we can't wait to have him on because he's going to teach us the secrets. Please do teach me everything, Lucas. I want to be you. Mm. Do you think he'll let me touch his blood? Maybe. <laughs> he's a ginge. I mean, he's got he's got <gasps> plenty to spare. Yeah. They have a lot of blood. Everyone knows. That's a fact. They do. Anyway, so I'm fine <laughs> to answer your question. Um, uh, 2019 and feeling 2019. That's uh, just our mom. I'm going to punch you in the face later. Just uh, do it. 
no, no, I'm okay. I made some big life decisions for myself, which I informed you of briefly, but I'll inform our listeners now. Yeah. Uh, I made the brave decision to leave my day job. Um, I'm applauding. Yeah, John is literally applauding right now. I feel so. I feel so. Hashtag Sarah Brill is brave. Yeah. I'm being so brave. Um, yeah, it's a job that I've had for a long time. So it's been steady, good money. But the last six months have been really sort of taking yeah. over my life. And 2019 is a year where I have a lot of um, possible opportunities mm-hmm. that I can make for myself that I can't do if I still have that on the burner. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not a dummy. Like I have some money tucked away that I can afford to do that while I go about. Yeah, of course. If I ever get desperate, you know. Greenwich Village is calling my name. Always Craigslist. Yeah, there's yeah. always Craigslist. No, Craigslist doesn't do the uh, personal stuff anymore. I just gotta look for him. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. Yeah, let's 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 top about talkics. Yeah, let's do it. Let's did talk about. I did, th- did you hear what I did there? I did top about talkics. Cockics. It's harder than it sounds to say. <laughs> Set. <laughs> this is a great day to be alive, everybody. Um, yeah. So let's get into some Broadway. As this is Broadway breakdown. Yeah, we are actually filming on quite a sad day in musical theater history. Yeah. Do you not know what I'm talking? I know exactly about? what you're talking about. I was letting you continue. Oh, okay. Well, now I feel awkward. John is very upset that there's now going to be a female Olaf. That is the sad thing that he was talking oh. about. I'm very excited about that. I also knew it was happening way before it was announced, so like whatever. Um, but I'm today. We say farewell to Broadway legend, throaty singer extraordinaire, comic bitress to the gods, and now literally to God. To God, uh, the closest we ever had to proof that Roger from American Dad exists existed on this earth, um, Miss. Carol Channing, So Long Deary. Yeah. Original Dolly Levi. Uh, Lorelai Lee and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And uh, cre- not creator, but inhabitor of the great cat quote, Raspberries. Yes. In the Thoroughly Modern Millie movie. Yes. Those of you who thought that Muzzy Von Hasmir was uh, just Shirley Ralph. No. Y'all are wrong. No. No. Carol got there first. Yeah. I remember that. Also, uh, the voice in Thumble, Lena, who goes, Deary? Mary well, the and Bowl. the Alice in Wonderland jam tomorrow. Ah, uh, yeah. Not, Bread and or butter. jam yesterday, but never ever jam today, or whatever the, the quote is. Um, obviously, big fan. Uh, no, I I am. It's um, it just I I read it today, and it was just it, when I when I read the, it was the first thing that popped up on my Facebook. First thing that I saw this morning was that Carol Channing had passed, and um, it it just felt weird it just she she seemed well she was she was such a staple she was kind of a i i mean who what other musical theater actress do we have who's still kind of kicking who's 97 she she she's the end of an era she's the end of a of a type of broad I, it was her and elaine stritch I, f- I mean there's betty white but betty white is still um i honestly when Cheetah Rivera goes, that'll be like the final chapter. But Cheetah was a very different animal than Carol Channing. Like, Carol Channing was, I think, is the last of the, like, golden age grand dame personalities. Yeah. The way Ethel Merman was, or an Elaine Stritch, where they performed 
but there was always that giant essence of them to any role that they did. Well, right, because I mean they weren't singers. No, you would not. You would not go to. <laughs> you would not go to Carol Channing's Fifty Four Below show for the uh, for the mixing. for the fierce belting. <laughs> yeah, for for her for her take on. The, Kerrigan and Loudermilk's um, "Run Away with Me." I don't, what's what's the song that everyone sings? That that's a female. What's that song? Oh, didn't they do that uh, duet? That freedom. Yeah, but there's or another. That goes. There's another. Um, I would think of Laura Osnes singing it all the time. Oh. Anywho, what a great example I came up with. Um, We're not listening to the Carol Jennings Miller son, everybody. Exactly. We're we are not. We're she. But that was their magic. That was their je ne sais quoi. That was their... Uh, they they had no other option than to be who exactly they are. Or should I say, who they be Arthur. Yes? Be Arthur? I don't oh, know. That was God. such a stretch. It was so weird. In my mind, that landed so well, much know, better. I know Arthur was a huge stretch. What? Because she had a huge dick. Anyway, um, no? Have you I'm have sure. you never heard like B. Arthur dick jokes? That was always the joke about her, though. She was truly a man. Um, and that's not like shade towards anybody, except for like B. Arthur, except for uh, B. Arthur's corpse, I guess. Just talking about the no. dead. bitch. That woman was impenetrable. because uh, she was the top. This is strictly off the record, but Dirk's nearly five years younger than I am. <laughs> then what, Blanche? Dog years. <laughs> This isn't about that. This is about Carol Channing. One of my favorite stories about Carol Channing is uh, apparently, so she infamously created Dolly Levi and then toured it across the country for she tore, She toured it a new asshole. Yes. Um, I was just like. <laughs> took you a second to get that one. Took me a little bit. It's fine. I got there eventually. <laughs> the lock of booze, man. It does things to my brain. Do you need a drink? Do you want to just break it now? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so Carol Channing did Dolly Levi for many, many decades. And at one point on her, like, numerous legs of the tour, I use that word uh, appropriately right now, she apparently broke one of her legs and oh. did the show for weeks in a wheelchair. Like... <laughs> We're talking Praise. this woman. I think this woman has missed, has maybe missed like two performances of Dolly in her entire existence. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. She is of Jerry and of Gower and of Meryl. Of Meryl. <laughs> of Meryl. Uh, yeah. And I know that when she didn't get the movie of Dolly, that was like a big blow to her. They went with Streisand, who, who's Miller's son you would listen to, but right. you know, is not that alien that Carol Channing was. Um, I honestly, uh, now that you say that, I just kind of always assumed that Carol s- didn't want to do the movie. I didn't realize that she wanted to, and then they gave it to Streisand. No, it was a full Julie Andrews, Audrey Hepburn situation. <gasps> um, to be fair to them, I don't know if Carol Channing's performance in Hello Dolly would have translated to translated would have translated to film the way it had on stage, sure. especially with the tone of movie they were going for, which granted was a totally wrong tone to take. They were going for like big, big blockbuster Cleopatra movie musical, like a million extras play it straight giant ass parade in the middle of the street. Marvel Streisand belting a D for 20 seconds. Carol has no business being in that world. Um, 
So that's true. It was both the wrong choice, but also the right call at the same time. Like I don't think that her Dolly would have been preserved as well as it had been on stage, but also Streisand was not necessarily the right choice either. Although I do listen to her versions of the songs. I was gonna say I actually love her in that movie, but I digress. Well, I know, so I know, no, no, they're, 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 those are those are two different things. I love her in the movie, but she was also the wrong choice. Those two things can coexist. Right, you're right. They're not mutually exclusive. Yes. So Carol Channing broke her leg while she was on tour. Oh, that's how we got there. Yes, Carol Channing broke her leg while she was on tour. That's that's just a story about her that I really love. Um, that that should actually we're changing our name of this podcast. It's not Broadway Breakdown anymore. It's dot dot dot. Oh, that's how we got here. <laughs> that's how we got here. Um, there's also the infamous corn story, which I'm sure you know. Of course, I know the corn story. Why don't you tell that one? I mean, I don't. I might be fucking up. Um, you know the punchline. Uh, yeah, I know the punchline. Oh well, why don't then I'll do the setup and you do the punchline. Um, yes, great. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. So, um, body mics were a new item in the Broadway community. Everybody starting in the early '60s. I believe Anna Marie Albergetti was the first documented person on Broadway to have a body mic. Stop laughing at me. I know these things. I know these things. I know these things. I also apologize to listeners. I just screamed into the mic. Jesus. John was laughing at me. No, I like. I read about this shit, and it, it and it's yeah. like it's weird the stuff that sticks in my brain. You know, like yeah. I couldn't name all fifty states in under a minute, but I could tell you that Anna Maria Albergetti had the first body mic of a lead role in a Broadway show. Anywho, it makes sense. But like with all new technology, it takes a while to get the kinks out. We're still like kind of figuring it out today. Uh, there was a there was a performance of Hello Dolly apparently, where Carol. Was not on stage, but she was one of the few performers that had a body mic. Sure. And there's a scene where one of the other leads had to speak, and their mic wasn't going on. And, you know, they turned on the body mic, and nothing, no sound was coming out through the speakers. And they thought maybe her mic was broken until they heard from offstage. I don't remember eating corn. <laughs> Apparently, Carol's mic had been turned on while she was doing some business and it played during a scene that she was not in. Uh, so that's, if ever there was a metaphor for Carol Channing's stage presence. But is it confirmed? That's what I always wonder. I don't know. It's such an old, it, it's one of those theater old wives tales that are, um, so fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. There's that one, and then the other one, and I have heard this wives' tale. So, so many incarnations of it. So many people who claim that oh, it's my friend that this happened to, or they were in this production. But I'm sure all I have to do is say the punchline of this one, and you would have heard it too. Maybe we've even talked about it. Maybe the West Side Story with the poison boot. No, you haven't heard of this. No, but you... I I heard the. Uh, Elaine Stritch used to tell a story about a Broadway play that was similar where a character was supposed to shoot another character underneath the table, but the prop didn't go off. And so took some jam from the table and said, I'm throwing this poison jam at you. Yeah, it's basically that, but it's that um, someone forgot to bring on the gun. And so Maria had to do the whole Chino speech without um, without a gun, a gun or wait. Was it her or it was who? Wait, who gets shot in it? Tony. But who shoots him? Chino. 
And then she says, give me the gun. Now, how many bullets are yes, left in this Yes, that's gun? it. So Chino didn't bring on the gun. Uh-huh. Took off a shoe. Screamed poison shoe or poison boot. Hit Tony with it. He died. And then Maria had to do the Chino nope. speech. How much poison is left in this, in this boot? Um, and you've never heard this? No! Listeners, I have, listeners, have you heard this? I've heard... I literally have heard this story told s- dozens of times from people who claim to know someone where finally I just said, I think of the wife's tale. And I'm pretty sure now there are blogs yeah. <laughs> um, dedicated to debunking or to at least highlighting the fact that it's a wife's yeah. tale. Yeah. Uh, uh, the problem, so... Yeah, things like that are probably wives' tales. If you cannot give me the specific like theater or the production or the person who did it, like I, I don't, I don't believe it. Carol Channing, I don't know if it was like tour or if it was Broadway, but it was specifically her and it was specifically Dolly that that happened. So I'm a little more inclined to believe it. I also just, I feel like she would say that she's a she was a total alien. Um, if you she ever was. if you ever read her interview in the book Nothing Like a Dame, I think. Eddie Shapiro is the interviewer. It's a little bonkers, and part of it is due to her old age. And so I'm not, like, trying to uh, uh, throw a dark comedic light on a person's age. But it was it was interesting that she would kind of go in and out of coherence. And when she had a moment of coherence, the way she described herself and her career was in a way that I was like, Okay, are you aware of the career that you've had? Because she would talk about, like, the crafts and all that, and that's all well and good. But then um, he'd say, well, what do you think about these drag queens who uh, dress up as you for Halloween? She goes, well, they're doing the character. They're not doing me. You're doing Dolly Levi. They're not doing Carol Channing. It was like, they're doing Carol Channing. Yeah. And um, she talked about, she found out that she was, like, 115th African-American. Sure. And she goes, and I, I suppose that's where I get my great musical talent from. And I'm like... Hey, oh, no. Valentina in the Snatch Game, Jasmine Masters in the Talent Show. Like, you can know who you are and what you bring to the table. But as we said, like, love her or hate her, you always have to understand that Carol Channing is not, like, musically inclined. She's just very different. Yeah. Um. So that was something that I read that I was like, okay, Beatrice. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, all that being said... Rest in peace. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's go back to some positive moment. That was just that was um, just me referring to like I totally believe the corn story because she seems like somebody who has no filter in that regard and just like doesn't understand. Got it. That like yeah. some things are maybe not on the table for discussion, like you not remembering that you ate corn. Um, and I hope that if you have any questions as to what this corn is referring to. We're not going to Sometimes explain when it. two adults love each other. Mm-hmm. And have a really big meal with corn. What? What? No. Um, <sighs> so this is to say uh, she is a legend. She'll always be a legend. I'm very happy that uh, the Broadway League decided immediately they mm-hmm. were dimming the lights. There were no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Um, every single theater, every single light. Yeah. Rest in peace, girl. I hope those angels are performing the waiter's gallop for you right now. I saw that status on the F book today. I know, but in case anyone does not follow me on social media, that's what I said, and I thought it was clever, so I am repeating it. Okay. What's next? Um. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Next. <laughs> 
stand for motherhood, America, and a hot lunch for orphans. Take Another big thing that happened this week. First, Black Glinda mm-hmm. flew down in the bubble on the Broadway I think stage. Johnson the- is her name. Brittany Johnson, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and just how thrilling and amazing that is for representation. Totally. I will caveat that with 15 years to get that representation. Yeah. Not that I'm poo-pooing anyone or saying it all, trying to turn it a negative spin, but I will say hopefully the next big show doesn't take 15 years. Yeah. I think that's more a testament to the limitations on... Even the greatest of creative minds. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's hard to sometimes break the mold when it's been the mold for so long. Um, and, yeah, I think this is great casting. Yeah. I listened to some audio of her that was legal, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, Equity, uh, that she wasn't compensated for it. She sounds amazing. Yeah. And I hope that it uh, perpetuates yeah, my, more. My, hat's, my, hat's off, my hat is off to casting directors who are I mean you can tell that they are just really pushing for this to like for for more representation on Broadway to creative teams and I my hat's off to them my hat's off to Telsey because actually now that I'm thinking about it Telsey casts most of these shows they cast cast Wicked they cast Frozen um and so kudos you guys keep up the keep up the great work I know you've been waiting to get my approval for a long time and here it is we're sweet <laughs> proud of you now go run along and have some Kool-Aid uh yeah no it's all very exciting uh we keep sorry we keep as we're staring at each other from across my living room um we, we're very gassy I guess because we just like chowed down f- he got here way earlier than he said it was going to and I had half a steak hanging out of my mouth but he had a chipotle burrito baby in his hand so we just um sat down and chowed down our food really quickly but that means that now as we keep staring at each other from across the room um we keep just really effortlessly kind of nightclub sheikishly pulling the microphone away from our mouths to burp yeah, that was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. You should be super proud of yourself. I know I am. Yeah, me too. This is, yeah, this is what we, Broadway is creating more representation on the stage and we're burping in Sunnyside Queens. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. God works in the most mysterious of ways. Won't you uh, do it? Don't, don't she, don't she. Ain't she blessed. Uh, moving on into the theater world. Uh, There's more? There's more because yours truly saw some theater. I forgot about that. You we saw theater this week, hunting. What did you say? I saw Tequila Mockingbird. What? Not the drag queen, but a tequila, tequila Mockingbird. Uh, I was trying to do the play on words like uh, tequila, like the drink. Mockingbird. But I thought you were. What, who's the author who has a book? That, he's a very funny theater author. He was a book writer. And he has a book called Tequila Mockingbird. And my brain automatically went to oh he has a one-man show of his book now no i think you have i think i saw that book yeah, in your it's, home. Here, it's here somewhere yeah um no this I, apartment kind of looks like the beauty and the beast library there's books everywhere yeah i have a young uh french girl hostage with stockholm was, syndrome she doesn't have stockholm syndrome everybody that's has, a weak yeah. internet joke but then again this is john we're talking about yeah, I'm literally just trying to recreate every meme I've ever seen. It's true. Um, uh, I was going to say, I'm giving you Belle Ingenue realness, but I guess John's not feeling it. She doesn't drink for 10 days, and suddenly she's a Disney princess and not a big whore. Um, My skin is glowing like a princess. She's glowing. Uh, she's 
from getting freshly dick smacked by its Oh, no, I apparently no, no, had a... No, 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 that's going to run a punchline I have later. We, no, it's no. We it's plan a, punchlines I have, I have a what, planned punchline. What kind of podcast do you think this is? Okay, so apparently so I saw you to kill saw a Mockingbird, to kill Mockingbird last week, Rowling. and I also saw The Ferryman um, on Saturday. The Ferryman. Honey, you're looking at The Ferryman right now. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm doing the tr- I'm doing the Trixie Mattel RuPaul Lady Bunny Honey Oh Honey Oh Honey I'm doing the head wiggles You are all right Wow that's those are two great pieces they from are. what I are Then I was rewarded for my dramatic vegetables by getting to see Kelly O'Hara and Seth Rudetsky in concert last night in Town Hall where she belted for the first time in like ten years. Uh, and I just posted a video of her on my Instagram of her belting in the national tour of Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, I saw that. She sounded ferocious. She did sound ferocious. I had never heard her belt like that. She belted a C. I, I just, my, my God. I... She talked about that, actually, at the concert. She said she spilled some tea at this concert about, like, her career and people who she was pitted up against for other roles. Uh, and she said Jekyll and Hyde was, she was belting in an unhealthy way because she had never really belted before. Mm. And she thought, like, Frank Wildhorn, I got a belt. And her voice teacher at the time came to see it on tour. And he was like, okay, like, if this is what you want to do, let's figure out how to do this correctly. Mm. And so she was able to do it better for other shows. But she belted some South Pacific last night. Uh, she belted a little more Do I, I Need. I loved her in South Pacific. She was great. Uh, speaking of which, the tea that I heard... So when that show was coming to Broadway, it was like everyone and their mother was rumored to be Nellie Forbush. Sure. And when she got cast, everyone was like, oh, of course, because she did Light of the Piazza, Bar Chair. Funny story. So Kelly O'Hara was not the original Clara in Light of the Piazza, right. for those of you who Celia thought. Keenan Bolger. Celia Keenan Bolger, who was wonderful in To Kill a Mockingbird, was the original Clara. Victoria Clark was Margaret Gray Johnson, infamously. And then I always thought that Celia got exchanged for Kelly O'Hara, but apparently when when they left Chicago, there was this sort of gray area. Nobody really knew what was going to happen with the show. And by the time it got confirmed for Broadway, Celia took Spelling Bee at second stage, which was mm-hmm. all but guaranteed to come to Broadway. So last second, Kelly O'Hara became Clara. And then South Pacific rolls around, and she's at the final callback, final, final callback. And who's in the waiting room with her? But Celia Keenan-Bolger and Victoria Clark. And it was like father, son, Holy Ghost in the waiting room. And I did not know that before, that they were the final. Victoria Clark was up for... Nellie Forbush. Apparently, they did not have an Emile de Beck locked down yet. They had a couple of options. And it literally... And Bart Scherer told them that it was just a matter of who the Emile was that they got. Because if it was a much older Emile, it was probably going to be Victoria Clark and so on and so forth. And when they finally got Paula Shot, they like brought each one of them in to sort of see how they read against him. And I'm so glad Paula Shot got it just because when um, I, whenever I am sad, I think about Liza Minnelli announcing his Tony Award win and her just going, <laughs> Paula Shot! The way she says it is up right up there with Bernadette Peters. Kinky boots! And the winner is... Kingy Boots. I, gladiator. Uh, exactly. Gladiator. Gladiator. The, the, the Elizabeth Taylor Gladiator. It, those are iconic uh, announcements to me. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, that's really interesting, though. I, I would not have thought of Victoria Clark in that role. Neither would I. Uh, I'm sure she would have been great. Same, but it's but... it's uh, all just three very different women for that role, which sort of tells you how Bart Sher casts. He doesn't like... I think sometimes he doesn't have a clear image of what he wants. He just gets actors he likes and respects and then sees what they bring to it. Yeah. And then goes from there. Uh, I also found out Kelly O'Hara was not the first choice for Babe in Pajama Game. She was supposed to be 
Mary Stuart Masterson, who had just come off of doing nine for Roundabout. She was my husband, makes movies. She also did some kind of wonderful. And Kelly O'Hara said at the final callbacks, it was her, Mary Stuart Masterson, and Molly Ringwald uh, for Babe. Wild. I saw on the national tour of Sweet Charity. I heard things about that tour. Did you enjoy it? I did. Oh, good. Good, 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 good. I didn't know where we were going with that for a second. I mean... I don't know if I enjoyed it for all the right reasons. Oh, that's sad. But I enjoyed it. And also, it was just cool to see Molly Ringwald. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, she's a... Some, sometimes someone doesn't have to be good. Sometimes it's just cool to see him. Absolutely. Lady in red. Um, <laughs> um, That's really... That's crazy. I yeah. did not know that she was not up... That she was not originally yeah. up for Babe as well. well yeah, she, she got it eventually because Mary Stuart Masterson left. She was like, I can't, I can't do this. This isn't like... I'm not the right person for this and dropped out. And that made Kelly O'Hara go in. I also found out Kelly O'Hara was originally offered to be the understudy for Kathy in the out-of-town tryout for the last five years. That is bizarre. Isn't me. it? And she said this is like, she's like, I'm not quite sure why I was offered it because uh, Jason Robert Brown wasn't like happy with the way she sang the score. Right. Because uh, like she's a, New- she's a soprano. Right. A newsflash. It's a s- sung through score. Yeah. And Kathy belts, bitch. Yeah. Um, but like, can you imagine if Kelly O'Hara had been a part of the last five years, what a different show that would be. I kind of can't imagine it. It, it. That that one is the most surprising to me. What a great little tidbit of information you have discovered. Thank you, such tea. Um, and then that was all my just dessert from seeing two really phenomenal plays, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which was both a wonderful dramatization of the play, but also a modern analysis of the, sorry, of the book. A dramatization of the book and then also a great modern analysis of the book. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin has added some stuff to it that isn't uh it doesn't it doesn't go against the original material, but it's just sort of very necessary. To put it bluntly, there are three or four added scenes with Calpurnia the Maid that are of course are not historically accurate, but are very necessary in this modern age for a modern audience to watch this story about racism in the South mm-hmm. and, you know, still be able to kind of absorb it. She's like the, she's the character in the play that stands in for the audience that kind of questions Atticus a lot mm. and his uh, demeanor and his outlook. Cause you know, his whole outlook is walk a day and a man's shoes. Know what a man has to deal with before anything else. And part of that is true, but then there are also just really awful evil people out there. Yeah. Um, like there you are, and me. Yeah. Including John. Yeah. And you know, Calpurnia is the one who kind of challenges him on that. Like, yeah, no, it's great that you want to give men, you know, equal uh, time, but some people are dicks. Yeah. And she's like, and I, you don't know how unjust people can be because you are a white man. She's like, I'm, mm. I'm a black woman. I yeah. really see the brunt of it. You don't, you don't get it. Um, and it's, it's a fair point. And you get to sort of see that inner struggle with Atticus and it's beautiful. Um, like I said, Celia Keenan Bolger is wonderful as Scout. So here's the funny thing: I didn't know until a couple weeks ago that she was playing Scout, and I, I'm sure one, I'm sure she's amazing. Yeah. But two, I had a good belly laugh just because Celia Keenan Bolger, in the next decade, is going to play a fetus. We just keep casting her younger every year. She's cornered the market on forty year old women playing children. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's. I mean, it's just dreams. It is college BFA program. The short girl's going to play the nine-year-old dreams. Yeah. And it's 
literally, I cannot wait for her in the next revival of The Ferryman to play the baby. I haven't seen The Ferryman, but I know there are babies in it. You know there's also a goose in it, right? There's a goose and there's a bunny. Um, Do you think maybe I could be like the goose understudy? I mean, yeah, you could because that goose is a fucking whore for applause just like you. Well. Yeah. So, okay, The Ferryman... I'm not going to go into The Ferryman very long because it is a three-hour, 15-minute play. Uh, Short one, yeah. Yeah. The b- so I described The Ferryman to a couple of different people the same way who had all seen it. And I was like, when I tell you this is how I responded to the show, doesn't make sense. And each person who saw it uh, said yes. And it is thus. The Ferryman makes you ride it. Long and dirty for three hours. And then in the last ten minutes, cock whips you hard and throws you onto the street with nothing but cab fare and a shattered existence. I see where you had the dick-slapping punchline earlier. Yes. And I see how you can think that might be, like, maybe I was throwing a wrench into your plan. Well, you are on but topic. But now, now it just feels like it's a callback reference. Yeah. Um... We are slowly just trying to turn this podcast into RuPaul's Drag Race. True. Um, uh, I here's the cool thing about the Ferryman. That sounds I would like. I would like to see that. I still don't know what it's about. I, I, I for all I know, the Ferryman is a wicked type prequel to the Fairly Odd Parents. It could be. You know, I, I really don't, I, I, I have no clue. And to be honest, I kind of don't want to have a clue in case I do see it because I've heard, so so you liked it, right? I do, I did. I yeah. thoroughly liked it. Because um, from what I've heard from people's responses to it, it sounds like the kind of shit I eat, I yeah. eat up. It is, a, it is a truly wonderful play with phenomenal acting in it. Oh my God, is the acting good? The kids in that show are also really great. Yeah. Um, there is a nine-year-old girl in that show who steals every scene she is in. And not in like a, I'm a cute child actor kind of way, in a she's actually good way. Um, <laughs> and they have a goose in it who comes on for one scene and is such a whore for, for the applause of that audience. Like that like that goose, that goose has now officially been in that show for so long it knows. Like I, I have to imagine it understands the audio, you know, like sunk into it or, or whatever. I think you're giving this goose a lot of no, credit. No, I know. I swear <laughs> when you see it, I swear to God it will make sense because I it mean, comes to- on and just quacks the entire time. And then stops for a line that gets a major laugh, and then starts quacking again, and then stops for another line that gets a major laugh, and then holds still, and then they have a line where they go, oh, let's wring its neck. And this goose doesn't know what they're saying, but this goose now knows that it is its exit, and acts, and acts the shit out of, we're going to wring its neck. Wah, wah, wah. I, it knew exactly what it was doing. I, I agree with that, that bitch. but I cannot believe that I'm, I'm about to have to explain to you that there are these people called animal trainers Where? who train animals to i don't know for example quack on cue for bitch example is not quacking on cue. stop quacking on cue that bitch is not for quacking example, on cue. learning when to run away um are you trying to inform to me that all the sandys and annie did not just come right off the street oh god i, I hate to always have to be this person in everyone i know's life um no Okay. I'm not telling you that. Okay. I'm I'm aware of what animal handlers are, John. I'm telling you this goose is a scene stealing bitch. That's I would love to get this goose on the podcast. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. 
I don't I don't know if I like recording in the same room as you. No, I feel I'm unsafe. <laughs> no, the only time it ever worked was when we had invited guests or uh, alcohol. Booze. Yeah. So that in the next episode we gotta have a guest. Next time, next time we gotta get your cough serum. I'm looking forward to the next time we record. John's gonna look at my face and go, "Oh, you're drinking again." Next time we record, we're doing Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Ringwald. Yes. Oh, is that why they call it Molly? I don't think so. Are you sure? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure. That, that drug has a whole other connotation. I don't know. I don't know about things. No, you know nothing. Yeah. What does the Constitution mean to you? It means that it's coming to Broadway. I've heard it's a great show. Did you see it? I didn't. I know nothing about it. Um, I I know a couple of people who have seen it. I've heard it's a really wonderful show. Um, it's the yeah, season that, that, of I plays. Guess, yeah, listeners, that's another piece of news. So now we just inform. Now I just informed you of something. You heard it here first. This is the only place that has real news, real tea, real news, unfiltered, raw. <sighs> I miss I miss talking about geese. Um, I do. I just just miss one it. goose in particular. One raging bitch of a goose. One goose, one special goose, one goose to live for forever and ever. One goose. Get <laughs> We're cutting that down now. I can't. No, you have to keep. If you cut that, Matt Coplet. I'm not cutting it. I Do was they saying. They know your last name. Oh yeah, you say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I am now lying down on my back on John's couch because I am done. I am spent. The goose has been cooked. <gasps> what a good, what a good, um, what a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to think of other musical theater songs that I could, um, because. <laughs> what party? I'm, I'm sad, got? so I'm going to tell a story about when I was employed. When I did. <laughs> When I did forum, one of the uh, cast members used to wait until literally right before his first entrance in the opening number of Comedy Tonight to put on his pants. And so he would walk around with kind of his um, protean tunic on, Mm -hmm. and he looked a lot like Dobby. And so we would call him (laughs) Dobby. And so for weeks, all of our cast of forum played this game about um, turning musical theater titles into Dobby and so it would be hello Dobby the last five Dobbies um once upon a Dobby I used to do the exact same thing but with Queef yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so we played that game but now I want to play it with geese geese uh, I, got, I gotta say Queef I mean Queef is like a really funny word to me and so it worked for a lot of things uh instead of anyone can whistle anyone can Queef well um, that's just a fact on a clear day you can Queef forever yeah um Stop queef. I want to get off. Yeah, no. A lot of good stuff there. The queef of Mormon. Yeah. The queef of La Mancha. Um, well, these are just failed tangents that if they don't get on the cutting room floor. You're welcome. It, we've done a great job. Um, I, I'm beginning to get a sense that it's time to end this episode. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. Um, uh... <laughs> Oh no. Okay. Um <laughs> I don't even know how to get into this. If by well, some miracle. <laughs> well, let's just So, okay. If we do this episode and you don't find the file, 
you'll probably have to do a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Which I absolutely will do. Which you will do. And so actually at this point, we can just say, so this is the moment okay. that we realized that the issue happened with the microphones. So for the last 20 seconds of this episode... You get to hear us both speak at normal volume there levels. There she is. There you are, Peter. <laughs> what? Oh. oh, sorry. I was thinking Ariel for a second. Ariel, it was you the whole time. Eric, I wanted to tell you. Little Mermaid, look it up. Because I found my voice. Maybe. You did, you did find your voice. I did find my voice. Um, um, so if we do end up using this episode, sorry about the hours worth of content where volume is odd. It's the best we could do. And you're welcome that you could hear me clear as a bell because... Yeah. Um, maybe it's like a bonus uh, at the end of this episode. I will include the audio of where you hear... Of where John recorded where my garage band completely just shut down. Oh yeah. That could be a fun little like tag for, for those real listeners. It's full Blair Witch Project. (laughs) My God. It's real drama. It is. You hear me freak the fuck out. Yeah. It's cute. Um, Anywho. So as we wrap this up, uh, subscribe to the podcast, I guess. Ugh. Rank us. (laughs) Subscribe to our podcast, which is not a mess. No, please give us some five star reviews only because (laughs) you feel bad for us. You feel bad. Please feel bad. John and I just had a lovely evening that just got ruined, and I need something good in 2019, guys. Uh, We got two new reviews one from a Miss Dot 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 Vangie question mark that just the title says, uh, I love it. And then the review itself said, Yes. Matt, I said this is going to be 20 seconds, and now you're reading reviews. I think you just feel... I think think you're just upset, and so you want to talk more. Just a little bit longer. Um, No, it's fine. We'll make it 90 seconds tops. Um, (laughs) It's been like three minutes. (laughs) Whatever. I don't fucking care anymore. Die. Um, Anywho, let's wrap this motherfucker up uh, with our great diva for the week or month or whatever. Uh, I think there's only one true option. Yeah, I think so, too. LaShawn's. The goose from the famous. <laughs> um, no, the, a combination of the two. A combination of LaShawn's and the goose from Ferryman is Carol The late Carol Channing. Rest in peace, baby. Absolutely. So long, dearie. Uh, thank you guys for oh, sticking with sweet. the episode. Yeah. And uh, look forward to next uh, time when we uh, have a buffer, which will be our guest, and uh, my garage band will not fucking quit on me. All yeah. right. Bye. <laughs> Go with God. Go with God. <laughs> when the whistle blows and the cymbals crash and the sparklers light the sky, I'm going to raise the roof. I'm going to carry on. Give me an old trombone. Give me an old baton before the break passes by. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 